0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on October the 27th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, hoping his internet stays on. Caffeine rage.
1: And yes, you gotta leave that long pause. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Just messing with you.
0: On today's show, we will be discussing the October Game Club, which is Overland. We'll be revealing the next Game Club game for the month of November. Amazon's Crucible is being shut down in November. We're going to take a second crack at this one, as well as GameStop (laughs) is going to get a cut of digital sales made on all the Xboxes they sell. Netflix announces a live-action Assassin's Creed series, and deleting Facebook also deletes your Oculus purchases. Time stamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics hello rage
1: hello we'll see if my internet actually stays up this time it it just was frustrating last week it went down for just long enough for us to basically say screw it it's not gonna come up anytime soon i start uh, doing my post-processing of the episode and look over and i see i have a connection damn it right
0: yeah Although, Although,
1: yeah, it was already pretty late at that point. It was, what, like 30, 45 minutes?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, by the time, like, you would have looked over and saw that it was online, I was already in bed. I I talked for, like, I mean, it it went, you know, your internet went down. And I, you know, recognized pretty quickly that it went down. And I sat quietly for a few minutes. And then I just started talking about stuff. And I left it all in. It's like 20, eh, not 20 minutes, probably 10 minutes of me just talking about things. All by myself, just carrying on that conversation.
1: Yeah, see, so, I keep uh, Discord on my second monitor, so I saw it dropped pretty much right away. So I, I dropped pretty much mid-sentence, expecting to uh, pick it back up, but eh.
0: Yeah, you did drop mid-sentence, and that's how I knew like something was wrong, and so I waited for the 30 seconds or whatever it is before Discord drops you out, because mm-hmm. you know, after you've disconnected, I'm like, alright. But it was you, not me, for once. Yeah, I can I, know. I can put one tick mark on on your side of the board while mine is like full.
1: Yeah, uh, it's like in Bioshock Infinite where it's uh, you know the tails and it's just front and back, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you know that's it happens sometimes. I we we I mean we had a full length show anyways. It was we had over ninety minutes recorded and then another ten minutes of me. Rambling and then five to ten minutes to close out the show. So it was nearly like two hours when it was done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So good enough. Woo. C's get degrees. D for um, diploma. Also, absolutely. Uh and the astute listener might have noticed that we didn't mention games we played for the week. Um I mean I had a couple that I could talk about, but Rage didn't have any. And so turned yeah, game club this month. Yeah, I we focused went ahead, on uh,
1: getting some time with game club and I had a big baking weekend, so Whatever uh, I'm restocking uh need an a freezer full of bread. Uh yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I got full Swedish chef.
0: Nice. Do you have a
1: a hat, cute uh, no, chef's but, hat? No, but I do have an apron.
0: Well, you're you're halfway there. For Christmas this year.
1: Get you a uh, cute chef's hat. Oh my. Wink.
0: Um but yes. Speaking though of that game club. For anyone who might be new to the show, and we know that there are new listeners out there. Yeah, hello! So, well, yeah, someone popped in and said hey on Discord, so we know you're out there. New-ish, or maybe completely new Yes, we can hear you breathing. Listeners. We can hear, can hear you
1: airbending.
0: I can hear you swoon over the sound of my voice? Question mark? Yeah, over the sound Ontario of And tarot bang? Yeah. But anyways, Game Club is a time where Rage and I actually come together to play the same game at the same time because we often have very different tastes in games and even if we happen to play them the, the same game it's usually not at the same time now the last couple of months we've had some interesting run-ins where we've where we've played the same game at the same time and had little mini game clubs but although
1: sometimes that's us uh, starting a new game on our sunday game night where we get together and have fun That's true. sometimes we even play a game during those times
0: <laughs> and then sometimes it's a video game oh like- my So, uh, yeah, for the month of October, we always try to pick something that's a little bit spoopy or a little bit dark in some way. Um, and so we picked Overland, which recently, um, or, you know, in, in 2020 times, like a thousand years ago, was on the itch.io bundle for race, racial justice. And it was one of the sort of headline games that they had for like, ah, yes, look at this game that has recognition. And so... Yeah, and I
1: remember, uh, a couple of years previously, it was pretty heavily focused on, at E3, and it's a very unique looking game.
0: Yeah. It's, hmm, how can I describe this charitably? It's interesting. Yes. I don't know if that's the nicest thing I'm going to say about it, <laughs> but if that's how yeah. I lead, you can imagine my overall thoughts on this game. I, I want to, I, let's, I mean, let's. Yeah. I, the, I, I... The gist of what the game is, is that it's a turn-based strategy game.
1: Tactical game.
0: Yeah, turn-based tactical game. A roguelite turn-based tactical game. Where you're trying to get from the east coast of the United States to the west coast of the United States. In either an apocalyptic or a post-apocalyptic... The game is not clear at all on this.
1: uh, Well, the opening cutscene... Uh, looks like post-apocalyptic uh, meteors rain down from the sky, you know, as they do. And for some reason, uh, they had bugs on them that survived, uh, and we're dealing with like an alien invasion, maybe, or it triggered something. So you have some sort of these super bugs that are, uh, you know, it's very 2020 actually, <laughs> uh, that, are killing everyone and has left, uh, mankind in this semi-post-apocalyptic, uh, state, and you're on a road trip to, to get away from it,
0: maybe? I mean, the farther west you go, the stronger the bugs become. So, I don't know. Neither of us beat it. Um, we did a couple runs each, and neither of us super liked it all that much, so we didn't keep pressing forward, but the, the farther west you go, the stronger and worse that the enemy enemies get, the bugs get, so I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, ah, yes, we'll go to the heart of the storm sort of thing and it'll be calm or what, but, I mean, the game, that's the opening cutscene is about all the information that you get uh, for the rest of the game. Um, and it, the reason I say that it's, it's not very clear if it was during the apocalypse or post-apocalyptic was because you have no indication of, like, what a timeline is and certain parts of the country are specifically the east coast is like less affected but you know there's still like cars sitting around that you can easily take and there's not a ton of bugs and um sort of the way that the run starts is you run into a couple of people and you help them escape and and then the farther west you go the more like burned and bombed out things get so i I don't
1: know i was gonna say this is one of those cases where story and gameplay do uh yeah they're not even on the same page. They're not in the same book. It's just it's just weird.
0: I think what this game is trying to do is it's trying to use its minimalistic art style, which you know, we can talk about in a minute. It's minimalistic art style, the sort of foreboding, dark plotting, soundtrack and the actual gameplay itself to to convey something to you. I think and I don't know if that's me being like trying really hard for this game or not because I, I looked up some criticism and some reviews of the game and stuff and I saw that mentioned a couple of times but not every time when talking about the reviews of the game but I get the impression that this is um, m- as much an art project as it is a video game and I think they're trying to convey a sense of foreboding and dread through the themes of the game and it it kind of falls flat on that that's a really hard line to walk yeah, Because and, yeah, games when that the
1: do more, that... I was going to say, when the more artistic, uh, appreciative one of us uh, doesn't get it, that's not a good sign, is it?
0: Yeah, games that do this well are like This War of Mine. Mm-hmm. This War of Mine uses the gameplay mechanics and its setting and its art style and everything to make you feel like a shitty, horrible person, but it keeps you engaged. And that's the thing. This gives me, like, a bad feeling, but not like an oh, I feel like this dark sense of foreboding, like, eh, this is, like, really brutal and kind of unfair and it's not engaging and I don't like it very much, so I think I'm going to quit. Like, I think they made an attempt, and I will give them credit for the attempt, even if I'm wrong. That's the way that I'm interpreting this, is that they made this attempt, but they didn't succeed at making the gameplay engaging to go along with it. And that's a very hard line to walk, because video games generally are trying to be fun – To keep you engaged and keep you playing with them. And a game that's not fun is really hard to make engaging so that you won't put it down.
1: I think it's also just the overall limitation of literally everything. It feels very contrived. More so than... uh, I think it's... Maybe it's just the fact that they... It feels like the designers played XCOM. It got a feel for the overall tactics system and tried to apply it to their game but didn't get the idea of why XCOM is fun. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, and the point of XCOM, too, is, is like you're, I mean, you have objectives, but a lot of times the objective in XCOM winds up being kill all the enemies. And you cannot kill all the enemies in Overland, because every time you kill an enemy, it triggers an alarm that makes another one spawn. Plus, the level has enemies that spawn at certain intervals anyways. And
1: um, uh, weapons degrade very quickly. So yeah, often a- you're trying to just run away and do things very quickly. And the thing is that the maps are so damn small that uh, it, it feels overly brutal to the fact that one misstep, it, or and not even misstep, sometimes you're just screwed either way, it felt like, where there's just no room for error. And that just wasn't fun. Yeah, uh, at least in XCOM, uh, even if you make a mistake and you get in a, a disadvantageous uh, situation, you don't feel like you instantly lose. Yeah, this feels, this feels like a stealth game. Only they have no stealth elements in it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, the um, so the maps are incredibly, incredibly small. Like yeah,
1: almost as small as uh, SimCity 2013.
0: Hey, hi oh, yeah, there's they're I mean they're they vary in size. There are certainly some smaller maps and some yeah. air quotes larger maps, but they're all very tiny. The art the art the you know, the artistic side of me wants to say, Oh yes, this is part of this ongoing theme to try and make you feel dread and foreboding by working on your or working against your sense of, of space and, and claustrophobia. But from a game design perspective, it's bad game design. Everything is too crunched together. Things aren't visually distinctive enough a lot of the times because of the art style, which I do think overall is a good thing, this minimalistic art style that they have. It's its something that I've seen more of in the last few years, but it's still not something that's done regularly, so it's a unique enough art style. Um, and they use the simplistic lines and shapes to draw your attention to certain things on the scenes where you are close in with them. Um, because between every level, you get a little bit where like they're all resting with the car, and we can talk about that more in a minute. But you can get a better look at, at everybody and what's going on. Um, and the art style works really well for that. When you're playing and you're you know zoomed out because it's you know a tactics game, so you have to be pulled out to where you can see your people and the map. Assuming it's
1: not one of those damn dark levels. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll get to about that. that? Yeah, but, you know, when when it's pulled out, it's really hard to see distinguish things. And some things are really obvious, like your car versus a building. But objects on the ground, sometimes it's hard to tell. Is that a book? Is that a med pack? Is that um just, like, a cardboard box or something that's part of the scenery and you can't actually interact with it? And so sometimes you waste your very limited movement to go check something out, and it's like, oh, that was nothing. And, and in the and early there is, game...
1: Th- there is an undo button, but the thing is that some actions make it so that you cannot undo either. Right. And but in the, the fact early that game, they put an undo button kind of tells you that they were having issues, huh?
0: Yeah, and in the early game, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. It wastes a little bit of your time. In the later game, that will get you killed if it's, if you do something that can't be undone. If you go to check something out and you're wrong about what it is, it could cost you the entire level. Um... Because the, the difficulty of this game is horrendously inconsistent and generally unfair. Because the whole game is randomized. Um, you get a random starting quote-unquote party, and a random starting vehicle, and random starting items. And then everything that you find throughout your adventure, except for... I looked some stuff up on the wiki from where I didn't get. There's like one final boss that's like not random, it's guaranteed. Um, you know, final boss. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to kill it. You're just supposed to like escape from it. Um, and then there are, is one other area that looks like is not randomized very much, but otherwise the rest of your adventure is random and that can bring some like randomization can be used in a great way in games that, while well, I don't, yeah, but like not misman- here. no, but in games like Binding of Isaac and End of the Gungeon and other roguelites and roguelikes that I don't particularly like as much, but can recognize that they're good games. Um, that randomization is used to a, a really good end, but in this, the game is already unfair enough with the fact that it's like you're actively discouraged from killing, actively have many many things placed in your way in these teeny tiny claustrophobic environments, and you don't even know what you're gonna have at the start of every run. Like you can get, um, like there's there's pet or well pets there's dogs, um, that you can get or have. Um, I I did. Two runs. Um, I played the game for about three hours. I did two runs and then like messed around with it a little bit. Um, I didn't get a dog in either run. I didn't find one. Um, I didn't find very many random survivors. <clears throat> um, I had three that that I got. I got three survivors both times and like the starting thing. So I don't know if that's supposed to happen. Did you get three survivors both times?
1: Yeah. Uh, it seems like uh, on the first stop. There's always a, another survivor that you get, so you pretty quickly get uh, uh, your second and third survivors, and then it, then the randomization really kicks in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do want to talk about mine whenever you're done because they're I, I did play a bit differently.
0: So I got I got uh, three survivors both times on my first run really quickly, or on both of my runs really quickly. Um, and then on that first run, I only ever encountered one other survivor, and they were hostile, so I had to kill them. I mean, I guess I could have ran away, but I killed them. Um, They had gas and an axe, so I killed them for their gas and their axe after they attacked me, because I was going to try and recruit them and get a bigger car. Um, That didn't work out. And then I didn't meet any other survivors. I didn't have any trading camps spawn, Um, or if they did, like, I I missed them, but you don't get a lot of options of where you can go on your map because you progress forward and you, you're given maybe two or three choices, and you get, like, a very brief description about what these um, little random maps are going to be. And well, there's also,
1: well, there's also binoculars that allows you to see further away.
0: I didn't get binoculars.
1: Yeah, it's a random thing. One of the guys I got had a pair of binoculars. So uh, you're able to see f- uh, f- further uh, choices, but also it seems like uh, it made it so that... Uh, the options I got suddenly were further off the main road, which uh, how the uh, tr- uh, trail is generated, I think bears mentioning. Uh, essentially, you're going down the highway and uh, every so often there's an option of one or two branches and you can only pick one. But you could also skip them if, uh, if it, neither is a good option, if you have the gas. Well, the further they're off the main road, the less hostile they are in general, but the more gas they take to get to and eventually away from. So you're trying to balance there, but it's just gas is such a pain in the ass to get Uh, in the main game. It's just, if something's too far off the main road, it just never feels like it's worth it. Yeah, Especially whenever cars have abysmal uh, uh, miles per gallon. I don't know what they're running in these, in these cars, but damn, right?
0: Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, in that first run, I only encountered one other survivor and they were hostile and I had to kill them and I didn't find any training camps in this one. Um, and I got, you know, a little ways before winding up in an area like I, in this run, I didn't do, at least as far as I know, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't run out of gas. My car didn't get destroyed. My people were healthy. Um, everyone had weapons. You know, I was doing well. And just a random encounter, like I showed up and it had, um, a lot of enemies at it. And I had to clear some barricades so I could get through. And you can, there's some barricades you can ram, but it damages your car. I was like, well, I don't want to damage my car. So I'm just going to move these barricades. And yeah, that's the I, end of
1: each biome. Uh, there's a barricade of some sort.
0: Yeah. And so I got, um, you know, as I was moving the barricades, I just got overwhelmed and just killed, and that was it. Start over, and it's like okay, um, that was the third biome that that I lost yeah. on that run, um, and then so then the second run that I did, three people, still no dog, um, I ran out of gas on this one, um, going to some of the more out of the way places to try and find stuff. I did find a training camp. I didn't have anything to trade, so yay, that was pointless yeah uh, uh-huh.
1: yeah the trading camps uh, they request certain items uh, and there's certain items that are considered high value that they'll ask for more often like if you get a plant for example uh, if you have that inv- in your inventory they'll request that and trade it
0: yeah but um, and I <laughs> like i you can kill people at the trading camps and you can also just steal from them and run away but I didn't do either of those things because I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to, like, kill these people. They're not doing me any harm, and I don't want to yeah, steal the, from them, because I feel yeah, like they would chase me. Uh,
1: yeah, they will chase you, actually. I looked into that one. So they, they'll, they'll chase you uh, for uh, for other encounters as well. They'll pop up again.
0: Yeah. So, I, you know, I just left, and that, that was basically a waste, and then I ran out of gas. And the, you run out of gas. Whenever you run out of gas, it spawns an encounter for you that's really, really difficult where you have to... And this is run out of gas or uh, lose your uh, lose your car. It'll spawn a really difficult encounter for you where you can try to get gas or get a new car or whatever. Um, and I got killed on that one. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not having a good time with this. And I don't want to play it anymore. That, was yeah. it, that took me about three hours.
1: Yeah, my uh, game, it pretty much was the same on my first one. Where... I, uh, Got killed trying to clear the barricade in the second or third biome as well. I think it was actually the second because I got shit luck. Then I uh, was goofing around the options and I found dog mode. And I thought, eh, let's turn that on and see what happens. And well, that uh, makes the game insanely difficult. <laughs> Even for the normal difficulty because uh, the dogs could only- Well, it changes all the players to dogs, okay? Which okay. is insanely cute. But it also makes it so that your players cannot uh, interact with m- most objects. So, like, all the weapons, I think, are disabled. Uh, they can't use the shields, which allows them to bend off a hit. And if somebody gets hurt, they're fucking useless until they're healed. I mean, they go from being able to move halfway across the map to barely shuffle two tiles. Which is a, a-, a very, very irritating gameplay decision.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, They do gain the ability to howl, which allows them to distract the bugs, but you know, that also makes noise so they spawn more bugs, so yay, right? But it also yeah. makes it so that all the descriptions for the items uh, comes down to how fun they are to chew. So, you know, it kind of, right? Yeah. It's cute, but it just, it, it feels like a waste of time. So, then I turned on tourist mode, and just to try to get through more of the game to figure out, you know, uh, what happens later on. And I found that the game is just infuriating, even without the bugs, because, or the enemies, I should say, because, you know, bugs, it makes it sound like the game's glitchy. It's actually, I hadn't really encountered any glitches, so that's something, right? Yeah, uh, I didn't either. Uh you know, Okay, at the end of each area, there's the barricade, like we talked about. Well, on one of the barricades, I ended up with two uh, vehicles I had to ram out of the way because I did not have an off-road vehicle, but I'd never had a choice of an off-road vehicle. And the only other vehicle I'd picked up before then was uh, a van that I transferred into and ha- and actually was able to go pretty far out of my way without uh, worrying about fuel as much because I could just on some of the maps that were more fuel rich just search the entire map to be able to fill up as much as i could yeah uh i was able to uh keep my gas tank fairly full uh topped off and i got binoculars to be able to see further away to be able to get a, a fourth person well the van was able to hold five but i only had four well after that encounter whenever you lose your car you're also Given that you're forced to walk to another encounter, which gives you another car, but the car I got can only carry two people and two things of uh, inventory. So shit, right? Yeah. So that screwed me over. I had a sinkhole pop up uh, in between turns that I didn't realize what was going on because the uh, art style just made it, it look like there was uh, you know an unevenness on the ground. So I lost the god of that. Uh, I lost the van in a similar way where I, whenever I got it, it was already damaged. And there is a way to repair uh, vehicles, but it requires a particular encounter, and it just never spawned for me. So I was in a situation where I had to purposely destroy the van to progress on, or just walk everybody off the map and leave the van behind anyway. It's just there's a lot of irritating gameplay design because it all comes down to the randomization, and you Mentioned things like Binding of Isaac and other roguelike games. I think the main difference between that and uh, those games in this one is, one, there's some sort of overarching progression. Uh, even in a failed run in something like Binding of Isaac, you're still unlocking new items. But two, it comes down to your personal skill, and it do- it never feels like you're outright screwed. You might not have been good enough for that particular run because you didn't get a very powerful combination of items, but it came down to you not being good enough, not because you were screwed. And that's what it was with this, it felt like. It's just, there's no player progression whatsoever outside of just getting new people, and occasionally they'll have an interesting skill, but not always, and it's just, ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. The game, so... The game is also very fiddly in all the worst ways. Like, inventory management is a nightmare. Some of it is kind of like, okay, you can figure it out pretty quickly. Like, how many items you can hold and picking up and dropping things and putting inventory in the car. Um, Different cars, though, have different inventories. And then cars can also have, like, you can get like a luggage rack on top, which gives you more inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can have a backpack, which gives you more inventory. But... It, there's there is a perfect opportunity to allow you to do some of this stuff and learn about it between every single encounter because it's it's a campsite. like you you know, you everyone pulls over to a campsite, they get out, they share some dialogue that's you know mostly like canned dialogue and reflects might reflect what happened in the last encounter. Like the encounter where I killed a guy. Um, when we stopped uh, afterwards, they were like, man, frank i i i can't remember any of my characters names they're like man frank you you killed that guy and he and then like his response is like yeah i had to and he was going to take take our stuff uh, and then it just like moves on it's yeah. like oh wow this is like going to be impactful and then it's like yeah i yeah, i'm really itchy at night i think i might be getting a rash it's like what the fuck is, what okay well there goes the dramatic tension for this You know, that can make it interesting. But that's a perfect opportunity to look through your inventory. Rearrange stuff if you need to. If somebody's hurt, treat them with a med kit. If you have gas in your inventory... Assuming that you had a med kit. Yeah. Uh, The fact that you can't
1: rest and try to recover some health as well, it feels like an oversight.
0: Yeah. Or I wish that you could... So, night missions, all right? Night missions are fucking disastrous. And if they force you to do a couple as part of the playthrough, fine. But it seems like I was encountering a lot of night missions. Yeah. And night missions are abysmal if you don't have a flashlight. I I, I did a couple without a flashlight, and you can only see the tile right next to you unless you get some other type of light source, like you can turn your car on and use the headlights. But then that makes noise and it attracts bugs. Um, certain environmental things, like if you start a fire, that gives you light. Um, but then that weighs gas. So, you know, there's a little bit of a balance there, like a risk-reward kind of thing. And I found a flashlight at a, at a camp, like an abandoned campsite. And that made night missions fine. But before then, you can only see the tile next to you. And the, you get, like, a little, like, noise indicator whenever bugs pop up out of the ground and move around. But it's, you know, the maps are so tiny, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like, oh, there's a noise indicator. Okay, I'm probably going to die unless I, you know, move out of the way. And it, it makes an already tiny, claustrophobic, frustrating environment even worse, because now I can't even see at all. <laughs> and then when you get a flashlight, it goes back to being pretty much like the daytime
1: missions. Except- yeah, but the thing is, trying to find the flashlight, Yeah, once again, it's up to There are flares as well, which is a bit more uh, uh common, but they're one use.
0: Yeah. I think what this game wants you to do at least from a gameplay perspective, is really learn how to use the limited environment to your advantage. Because the bugs are simple and predictable and dumb. They are purely attracted to noise.
1: Yeah, and there's a couple items that do broadcast noise, like the radio, for example.
0: Yeah, and you can use that to kite them around, and things that are on the map, like the generators. Sometimes whenever you show up on a map, there will be a portable... You know, gas-powered generator running, and you can do a couple of things with that. You can leave it running so it attracts noise, or so it makes noise and attracts the bugs to it until they destroy it. Or if you need gas, you can siphon gas from it to put in your car, which I pretty much always did. Um, Or you can light it on fire to make like a bomb or a trap. So if you kite one of the larger bugs into it and blow it up and kill them, great. But then also you just made a bunch of noise and you're going to attract more bugs. So it's like. You know, that's interesting. But also, I don't know why you'd ever do anything except use it as a decoy or take gas from it. But anyways, you know, stuff like that. And there's other environmental things. Some of the levels are on fire. And like I said, you can start your own fires with either Molotov cocktails or just by dumping gas out on the ground and lighting it on fire if you've got an item that where you can do that. Um, like matches or uh, a lighter or whatever. But, um, you know, doing those things could be a ways to mitigate some of the issues but with the fact that you can as far as i know you can't actually get rid of all the enemies because when you kill one it triggers an alarm that immediately starts another one digging itself up out of the ground and then the level and the noise that you make has bugs spawn anyways Mm -hmm. so i i don't know like what the end game is from that like you might could buy yourself some more time with it But also trying to do those complicated things when you could just get out of the car, sprint to whatever it is you need, get it and go most of the time. I mean, some of the levels like we have to remove the barricades um, or if there's another obstacle in your way that you have to deal with, like, fine, that could be where that comes in handy. But ultimately, you know, you'd want to get done as quickly as you can because eventually you're going to be overwhelmed by the bugs and there's nothing you can do. So I think that's what the game wants you to do. But it's so counterintuitive to how you would play the game. Otherwise, and I totally understand, like, for, for, for a gameplay decision, if they want to say, we don't want you to be powerful, this is, you know, an unending, unrelenting foe, you can kill some of them, but you can't kill them all, fine. I can handle that. If the rest of the game wasn't so finicky and random and frustrating, I, I could handle that one design decision, because that's part of the narrative and the experience that they're trying to give the player. I can deal with that. I would probably respect that if the rest of the game was much better than what it is.
1: Because so many times... That's why I said it feels like a stealth game without any of the stealth systems enabled in it. Yeah. So, I
0: think that's pretty much all my feelings on it. I feel like I got all this off my chest. Yeah. Do you have anything? Did we miss anything?
1: I mean, even in tourist mode, which I realize, it takes a lot of the challenge out of it it just highlights just how much the game will screw you over even when there's no enemies around never mind the fact that the uh the your guys will still talk about how sketchy uh uh, the uh the situation is or how you narrowly escaped never mind the fact there wasn't a fucking bug on the map uh it just feels sort of like an afterthought but it also like i said it highlights just how much the randomness just is not in your favor like like i said i i had to leave two people on a map because the car it gave me after forcing me to destroy a car was not big enough to even carry half my party that that just sucks and yeah. not and not having the option to walk further to try to get another car right
0: yeah i think that's bullshit i don't like the car system i i think that there should be maybe like 3 I, I don't think too and, and here's the thing. minimum car size.
1: And here's the thing. It was a pickup. What, have these people never heard of riding in the back of a pickup?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, that's against the law, sure. But it's the apocalypse or the post-apocalypse. Like, who gives a shit? Right in the back of the truck. Yeah. I mean, hell, I live in Tennessee. People do it here all the time anyways. But yeah. I, I don't like the car system. I don't know. I think that there should be a stand... Like, honestly, I think there should just be one car in terms of, like how it works, and then the randomization that you can get can come from upgrades that you find for for your car or maybe upgrades that come for a car. But, I I mean, like, it's stupid. Like, even the sedan, you can only put three people in, like, that little sedan, but four people could easily fit in there. Mm -hmm. Four people and a dog could easily fit in that car because, by default, it only has one inventory space. So you got no stuff in there. Get in the damn car, man. Come on, let's go. Don't make me kill you. Get yeah, the I,
1: do, I do like the idea of a road trip game, and we don't really have a lot of those. Not counting sim games, of course. Right. Uh, honestly, the closest I can think of a, a game pulling off the road trip feel, and you're going to laugh at this one, is Half-Life 2. Okay. Which, I re- which I realize those levels are a lot of going nowhere because it all loops back on itself because the source engine can only have maps so big. But they pull off the illusion really well, and it makes it feel like you've traversed a long distance. Yeah, this it just the car is essentially a way to get from one diorama to another, and it's such it's such a disappointment because it looks like it could be such a great game uh, about a, a road trip in the post apocalypse, and it just isn't. I mean to be yeah. fair, we both paid like a penny for this or something like that because just the size of the bundle we got it in. Yeah. But there's no way in hell this is a $20 game.
0: No, which is what they're charging for it on Steam and probably on itch.io and other places if you pay for it full price. The game I, the game has some merits. I didn't like you know, I I'm I'm ragging on it pretty hard because I think, you know, it's artistic and and is In a way that I can criticize it.
1: I mean, graphically, but, it is really nice looking.
0: But, I mean, it's it, it tried to do something, and it failed. And I'm going to give it credit for trying. In my, in my opinion, that makes it better than a lot of the trash that gets peddled by the AAA industry these days. Because it, at least it tried. And, you know, it failed, but it gets credit for trying. And it's a unique enough experience that if you're ev- ever able to play this, maybe pick it up as part of a bundle, or play it on Game Pass or you know some other type of potential future gaming subscription um or even if you can get it for a couple of bucks somewhere like it's an interesting enough experience and who knows maybe all these things will click with you mm-hmm. but it's not in my opinion it's not worth 20 bucks it's not worth 10 bucks maybe 5 bucks if you've listened to everything that we've said and you know what and you're like you know what you guys are fucking morons that sounds great more power to you.
1: Yeah, which to be fair, we are fucking morons, but that's beside the point,
0: <laughs> right? But you know, more power to you to play if you think you'll enjoy it, you know. But I just don't think that this is a twenty dollars
1: game. So now, yeah, which here's the thing is that this developer does have uh, some really good games, and they have some very unique games. This is the same developer that did Dying in the Woods*. Uh, they are also the one that, uh, that's, uh, in development of. Chakuri, A Colorful Tale, which is one I talked about uh, earlier this year during one of the game fests. Uh, that's the uh, Zelda-like where you're uh, uh, essentially coloring in this world that's lost all its color. And I'm just looking at their lineup, and this just feels like the weak one in their lineup.
0: Yeah. But still, credit where credit credit's due. It tried. Yeah. It tried to do something interesting, and I'll give it that. Yeah. So... <laughs>
1: It just if if they went in a slightly different direction with it, I think it would have been a lot more interesting. But the fact that it, it feels like XCOM, but they're trying to do a stealth game, I could have yeah. really worked out. There's uh, stealth XCOM tactical games, but the thing is that uh, they have more going for them than just that. You know, they have other systems, they have other ways to deal with it. This there's nothing and there's no uh really progression system going on. There's no uh, uh, way to really progress your individual characters or your overall game.
0: I think to make this game work, Mm -hmm. in almost exactly the form it is now, you really minimize Mm -hmm. the opposition that you face, both in terms of randomness and in terms of the aliens. Mm -hmm. And then you allow the journey itself to be the main focus of the game. I think they want that to be the focus of the Mm -hmm. game, but because of the enemy encounters and things, that winds up taking so much of your attention. And I think you leave almost everything exactly the same. You make the enemy encounters very sparse. Maybe at the end of every region is the only time you face the enemies.
1: Yeah, but they also have to make the uh, individual encounters a lot more interesting because uh, even on tourist mode, it gets boring really quick because the... The game is designed around almost almost puzzle like, trying to uh, make it almost a sliding block puzzle,
0: and that can be okay. I'm I'm okay with that. You put some more focus on that. You pull back on the enemies a little bit, and you add some stuff into the interaction between your characters somehow,
1: and make Maybe, it so that they don't endlessly spawn. Yeah. You know?
0: Maybe you you make it and you know keep you can keep a lot of the randomized roguelite elements, but give it a single cast of characters instead of all these random characters that you know that that you have. Make it you know a cast of two people and a dog or three people and a dog, you know, and and there's your cast, and then you sort of build a core narrative around that. Make the road trip the biggest part of it. Enemy encounters very sparse puzzle-like elements of, you know, how do you get all the things that you need to get without running out of fuel and supplies? And I think you achieve what <laughs> this game wants to achieve a lot more effectively. But I I, I don't know. I would have to see it to, to know for sure. But I feel like that's how you could pull this off with minimal changes to, to the gameplay itself. Although, I don't know, maybe that's rewriting an entirely new game. Because I'm talking about dropping in a story... And focusing more on puzzly elements as opposed to monstery
1: combat elements. I don't know, man. Don't yeah, know. I'm, yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at the. I mean, even the gods uh, uh, in Steam are extremely sparse, and even the enemy god tries to be funny about it, and uh duh, uh just uh doesn't tell you half of what's going on. I mean that's not a good sign is it? No. I mean I, I think this is a strong uh not recommended.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty pretty much on the not not recommended camp. Like which, I said, I got I gave my caveats earlier.
1: Yeah, which I'm really bummed because I I really wanted to like this game. Uh but it's just there's so much going against it. That yep. that I just cannot recommend it short of it being a couple pennies.
0: Yeah. So yeah, two uh, not-recommends from us. Sad day.
1: Which is kind of a rarity, actually.
0: Yeah, usually we, at least one of us liked it enough to recommend mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah, I'm trying but... to think of the last time that we both had a not-recommended... Uh, Bomber mm-hmm.
0: Crew, off the top of my head? But, I mean, there's been a lot of games between yeah. Uh, oh,
1: that. We're both on the Discovery key list. Uh, uh, Red Faction gorilla, but that's even with a coffee on, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh... I, I really liked Tyranny, you really liked Z- Yakuza, mm-hmm. I really liked Fault Milestone, too, and I think liked you liked it one. okay. Yeah, okay. Outer Worlds we liked, Stacking. Yeah, I
1: liked it less, but uh, Stacking was meh.
0: Yeah, Stacking was meh, but we weren't like, ah, this is terrible. Where the water tastes like wine, I really liked that. Had some I, issues with it, but I really I, liked it.
1: I was lukewarm on it, at best.
0: Oh, Celestial Command. Yeah. We both hated Celestial Command yeah, but last that, year. Yeah,
1: but that was also more due to the fact that they've uh, basically thrown away everything that made that game interesting. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of which, I'm going to see if they updated that at all. Because it looked like they were trying to go towards capital ships. And that's eh, not well wanted. Yeah. So. So it's been a year.
0: You've been a, been a year, close enough. Been a year since we both, a year since we both disliked a game for Game Club. All right, well, um, with that, uh, the next Game Club game we're going to be playing for October, not October, November. This was October for November, Death and Taxes. This is another one that while well, you can get it in other places, it was in the Itch.io bundle. Um, it is from what we can tell papers please but you're the grim reaper so very excited for this i've heard a lot of good things about it hoping uh that uh you know with november being what it is in the united states this year um that this weird like sort of death noir thing can be cathartic Mm -hmm. or maybe funny maybe it's funny i don't know
1: oh no but it's rated pretty well on steam so that's a good uh start yeah
0: oh look it has a demo so if someone if if anyone wants to play this but they don't want to buy it or they missed the uh bundle you can get the demo and at least try it out. Don't know how long it's how long the demo
1: goes for, but I mean I think it's been it's just going to be there because this game is uh, was released in February of this year so
0: Right. No, when I say I don't know how long the demo's going to be, I mean like how long you can play.
1: Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. So yep. That's going to be our next Game Club game for November. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Two. updates for uh, Celestial Commander. It does look like they have updated. Uh, that may not be a good thing, <laughs> All right? Yeah. Whether look, or not it's... Yeah, it looks like they're going into full 3D. So, yeah. I mean... Good.
0: I mean, good for them. My, uh, I mean, My current spaceship game is X4 Foundations. So, I'm back to playing that again. Next time we record, I'll probably be talking about X Four. I've put like thirty hours into it over the last two weeks, something like that. Um, I'm enjoying myself playing with my spaceships. I gave my kid an economics lesson today oh, while no. he was sitting and watching me play. I was uh, sitting on like he he came into my office after he finished building uh, a Lego the Lego Titanic set. And he, you know, he was talking to me about the Titanic. That's my kid's current obsession. Kid knows, like, everything there is to know about the Titanic. It's crazy. Like, statistics about how long and how tall it was, how fast it was, how many people died, how quickly it sank. A whole bunch of theories about why it sank. Some of them... What's you know,
1: bullshit that Leonardo DiCaprio died.
0: Right? <laughs> he's been singing... You, you, you know, you make that joke, but he's been watching and the... Um, what is it? My heart will go on. Yeah, he's he's watched that on YouTube a few times, and he sings the song because it, you know, to him, mm-hmm. it's the Titanic song. Yeah. So, but he's so he, a. Uh, so you have
1: you can, a little Celine Dion. Project.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, if he wants to make singing his career, and he's as good as Celine Dion, more power to you, kid. Well, Be obviously, a you celebrity. De- obviously, he didn't get money. it from you. No. No, honestly, he didn't get it from Katie either, so. Oh a
1: mutation, got it.
0: Yeah, I mean, she can sing better than me, but she's not a good singer.
1: That's a low bar, though.
0: It's very true. Um, But anyway, so he comes in, you know, talking to me about the Titanic, and he's like, oh, you're playing the spaceship game again. I'm like, yep. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm standing on my station I just built, trying to figure out the regional pricing so that I can just set this up as a trading station. And he looked at me for a second deer in headlights and then he goes can you explain that to me <laughs> <laughs> pull up a chair kid so we had a a, a basic e- economics lesson about supply and demand and pricing and margins profit margins while I'm like going through all of this stuff on my station I'm like ah oh, yes, yeah, see this this is uh these are snails cause like there's some kind of like snail one of the races uses I'm like I can buy these snails for 50 credits a unit, and they, like, it, that, that would, they would sell it to me because you look here on the map and you can see that that's more than all of these factories are producing, but I probably wouldn't be able to sell them for a profit at that price, so let's bump it down and, you know, and wait for the supply to outpace the demand, and then I'll pick it up when they reduce their prices to sell it. He's like, wow, Daddy, that's really smart. You're going to make a lot of money like, yeah, if only it was so easy in real life to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but see, you just need to have some insider info about uh, when the pandemic's going to hit, then sell short. That is... A little too real.
0: That is very, very real. Very sad. And infuriating.
1: Hey, but at least we're not panicking, right?
0: Yeah. I'm just... I'm dead inside. Oh, that was another thing that happened today. Oh, my God. My kid, we were playing with, like, just, you know make-believe and he like shoots me with finger guns and kills me and so i fall over and i'm dead and i lay on the ground for a minute he goes daddy get up you're not really dead and just immediately without like thinking about it i said "I i respond to him i'm dead on the inside son <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's like whatever no you're not and i'm like oh my god what did i just say what have i just done <laughs> oh boy all right, let's 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 move on. Let's let's do the news. Let's last week's news. Well, Amazon's I, well, Crucible, uh,
1: two thirds of it.
0: Indeed, Amazon's Crucible is being shut down in November.
1: And if you don't know what Crucible is, well, join the club because that's pretty much everybody. <laughs> so
0: indeed, Cru- so
1: Crucible was Amazon's attempt of making a hero shooter. And, and in case
0: you're wondering, yes, that Amazon.
1: Yes. Uh, not the forest, uh, the the website.
0: Yep, and there's not some game development company called Amazon, it's the Amazon.
1: Yeah, and I, I gotta admit, I had to go hunting for some uh, some uh, gameplay of this, because one, you know, that, wait, that released, because this was uh, this is such a weird situation, because Crucible released into essentially early access, or what ever. Then it just got a meh reception. So then they decided to pull it back into closed beta and then they announced that they were going to strip out most of the game modes. There were I think three or four different game modes and uh, it was this weird mishmash of Tower Defense, or sorry uh, uh, not uh, Tower Defense Defense of the Agents, yeah uh, uh, League of Legends, Dota, whatever and Hero Shooter which has worked before, because Super Monday Night Combat uh, was something similar to this. Uh, it was a tower defense with a cl- uh, class-based shooter. So it can work, in theory. I mean, that's a dead game now, or dead game series, but that's beside the point. Uh, but it was very bland. The maps were not very interesting uh, from everything I've read. Uh, the heroes, while colorful in personality, play gameplay-wise, they were dull. So they uh, decided to strip most of the game modes out and uh, focus on this, essentially, player versus environment uh, competition mode that they had going on. Some weird uh, pseudo-evolved gameplay from the looks of it. Well, now they just decided, eh, screw it, we're unreleasing the game. And now we're just canceling it, <laughs> right? It's just yeah. such a weird, weird situation. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think, and this could be, you know, because we talked about it last week, and so, you know, memory, my, my memory is playing a trick on me. I think I heard about this game once before, and then it just, like, you know, dropped off of my radar never to rise again until you presented me with this article. Like, it is weird. I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say that the this type of game, you know, this hero shooter type whatever is like done for but i think that it's out of the the zeitgeist and only the most popular of this type of game is going to make it
1: well it or- already has uh the two really big ones yeah you know, it has uh well team Fortress 2 is still really big even though it's not technically a hero shooter it's you know, it's what's inspired overwatch which is like the big one everybody thinks about in this genre so, yeah, you have to really do something different now. And this tried, I'll give it that, but this also seemed like it was just designed by committee all the way down, and there was no real drive or focus on the actual how this works. Yeah, which probably. don't which don't get me wrong, I realize a lot of AAA games are designed by committee to at least in some respect, and even getting into the AAA area. There's a lot of design by committee, a lot of focus groups, a lot of uh, playtesting, in, uh, uh, in either in office or with friends and family, to round off the corners. But this just feels like it was done all the way down to, uh, to the idea of, okay, well, Overwatch is really big. Let's make a hero shooter and try to dethrone Overwatch, and that's not going to work. The way you dethrone a game isn't to make the game only slightly different. It's to do something interesting enough with it that it pushes it off. And as much as I dislike the most of the genre, just look at the situation with PUBG and Fortnite. Fortnite has its building system. It has a lot of the pop culture references which gets uh, the younger generation interested in it. It has a lot of crossovers that PUBG uh, just does not have. So, it pushed PUBG out of the limelight by being in the same area but different enough that it distinguished itself. This just had really no soul. It had no uh, essence about it. It just, yeah, Yeah. Now, I will say that it's nice of Amazon to offer complete refunds to everyone that bought into this game. You know, all five or six people. <laughs> Indeed. So kind. Because they Je- really didn't have to do that. I will say that that's some, uh, that's really nice of them. But to be fair, you know, those who bought into it are the ones that are really looking for something like Overwatch, but different, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, and I realize, I'm saying this is like Overwatch but different, but then saying that, uh, but then using the Fortnite example, but the thing is that Fortnite still, as much as I dislike the uh, game itself, has some drive to it. it. They try to make it about the game. They don't try to make it about this IP that they can build up. They, never mind the fact that yeah, there's Fortnite everything these days. But that's a consequence of the game being popular they didn't build the game solely because of that. As a matter of fact, the Battle Royale aspect was kind of a throw-in at first. Yeah. So. It's just such a weird weird, weird area, huh?
0: Yeah. Ending with a whimper, not a bang.
1: Well, ending with a unrelease.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Alright. Um.
1: Speaking of topic- possibly not ending with a whimper, GameStop. They will be getting a cut of digital sales made on Xboxes that they sell, which is an interesting way to keep GameStop going these days, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm I would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear what, you know, how this deal came to be made, because I can imagine I mean, I I don't I haven't seen anywhere anything anywhere about Microsoft working to acquire GameStop, but this type of deal makes me makes me feel like they're you know they're on the ropes. They're going to Microsoft and have signed away. I almost said their soul. That's not right. They don't have a soul. They signed away something.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, oh well, they do to, have a multi year strategic partnership going on.
0: Yeah, which is the uh, business way to say they're getting into bed with Microsoft because they're fucked without them.
1: And now they're uh, getting fucked. Eh.
0: And now they're getting fucked. Yeah. I mean I this is a win win for Microsoft, I think. Um, because that means that GameStop by default is gonna be pushing the new Xbox consoles more heavily than anything else. Because for them, that means they're gonna get more revenue in the long term. Um and GameStop is definitely gonna get a boost from this because digital sales are trending upwards on in consoles. Um I mean it's, you know, almost exclusive to PC. The only way to get games is digitally. There's a few holdouts here or there, but um, it, you know, if you're not going for retro gaming, you're going digital for sure on PC, and consoles are headed that direction. I know that the Xbox has got the discless version. I don't know if the PlayStation has one of those, but I mean, it, uh,
1: there is actually. Okay,
0: so yeah, I mean, I think that this generation, mm, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the last one with optical media capability. Um, but I think it'll probably be the last one that physical games get any sort of real push in in the console market space. Um, and so, for however long this deal lasts, GameStop is going to be pushing like Xbox consoles and stuff. Uh, a lot hardcore, more hardcore, <laughs> and uh, they're get... going to be
1: pushing it uh, like uh, yeah, their insurance programs, huh?
0: Yeah, they'll be pushing it on the on the back end, and this will be at least something to get them along for a little bit longer because as Disc-based games fall more and more out of favor. Their huge market, the used games market, is going to dry up as well. But I mean, I, you know, this is this is more like um, you know, a shot of adrenaline into a dying animal. I don't think that GameStop is going to recover, but they will cling on for a while. I longer. mean, they've
1: already talked about closing a lot of stores. Yeah, uh, permanently. They had a lot of stores shut down uh, to some degree, but. Uh, they talked about that a lot of those per- are going are gonna to be permanent. But honestly, I, I kind of, in uh, hear me out here, I think if they're going to survive, they need to essentially pull a hot topic and pivot towards m- just being a merchandise focus store.
0: I mean, I don't know when the last time you went into GameStop was, but
1: uh, It's been a while, but I know that they still have a focus on video games, but are pivoting in that direction anyway but i'm talking about how hot topic is basically nerd central now where it's a bunch of anime shit, it's a bunch of uh uh nerd centric stuff and, i mean I, and they need to try to do more and actually you know have deals as well the last time i was in gamestop
0: was a year or so ago um there there was i went to go get Someone in my family gave me, like, some GameStop gift cards, so I went in there to see what I could get with them, um, if I could somehow turn it into something that I would use, and I was able to get some Steam, uh, wallet cards for that, so that was good, but, uh, you know, the, it was, they had one wall that was all video games, and everything else was accessories or toys or decoration, like Funko Pops, mm-hmm. and, you know, props, like... Gears of War, like, Chainsaw Lancers, but, you know, like, little ones, not, like, full-size ones, but stuff like that and T-shirts, and then there was, like, a whole section of, like, digital stuff where you could buy, you know, all the the currencies for uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus and um, Steam and, you know, et cetera, like that. They had, like, a big rack of those, one wall for video games, and the rest of the store was what you're talking about. So, I, I mean, maybe not every store has made that transition, I don't know if GameStop does sort of the equivalent of like franchises or anything like that. Like, you know, how they they control uh, regionally and locally? But they're headed that way.
1: I just know that the ones I've walked past uh, have still been a heavy focus on video games. So it might just be my local area, or maybe I, you know, just didn't pay close enough attention, which is also very possible. It's just, it feels like they have to do something very different. Because there's just a lot of focus on digital sales these days, and that's going to bypass them. And this is one way to do it. And this is one way to hold on, but this feels like a band aid and doesn't really address their core issue. Yeah. And that's why I went to the hot topic uh, situation where it used to be essentially the dark goth store and now it's the nerd store. As a matter of fact, if yeah. you go to their website, it's uh, so much anime stuff right now.
0: Yeah. I I really never darkened the doors of Hot Topic anyways.
1: Uh Anita I, was really big on Hot Topic when they were uh, uh all goth. Uh, she she was a goth kid or, or emo kid, sorry.
0: On Hot Topics on on hottopic.com like their banner page is Amazing anime zing style, style face masks. Mm-hmm. Cool. Star Wars stuff, Mandalorian. New season of Mandalorian premieres I think Friday.
1: They have, be uh, this away. should this should tell you, uh, Trending Now, Clue, the office edition, right? Wait, where is that? Uh, on Trending Now <laughs> towards the bottom of the page.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> yep. I'm not joking! They have a bunch of people wearing their clothes at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for those people.
1: But they were able to keep up with the times and pivoted, even though they probably lost a good chunk of their uh, old clientele. They found a new one
0: yeah well i mean with most things that are you know trendy mm-hmm. uh you that demographic is not sustainable forever tell, that, tell anything, that the game stop right and anything that's trendy that lasts long enough to be sustainable f- forever is no longer trendy it's a, a genuine lasting part of the culture but yeah I mean, if GameStop is able to pivot in some way or is maybe bought out by someone who pivots them in some way, like, good for all of the normal people who work there who, you know, make depend on that to make at least a part of their living. I mean, this is, you know, 21st century America we're talking about here. If you work at GameStop, even if you're like a store manager, you probably don't make enough to live off of that income. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for good for the people who won't lose their jobs, Fuck the company though. GameStop is a shitty company. Whoever their parent company is is probably shitty too. Who owns GameStop? Parent company Barnes and Noble. Is <laughs> Barnes and Noble shitty? Probably. They're probably shitty. Just because they're a. A uh, corporation. Retail Group. Is that who is owns? Is that the next level up?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Well, I mean, just to fuck them, whoever they are.
1: Uh, I- <laughs> I'm sorry. I went over to the GameStop uh, uh, Wikipedia entry. So, Barnes and Noble booksellers, uh, nineteen uh, ninety nine to two thousand four. GameStop's successful years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sick burn.
1: Oh, I mean, just wow, right? Yeah. Formerly Babbages. I really enjoyed Babbages the few times I went in there, but never been to Babbages. Uh, they were more computer centric. Gotcha.
0: Anyways, interesting that GameStop has jumped into bed with Microsoft on this one. Probably a mutually beneficial decision, but I don't. I mean, I don't think this is going to save GameStop. It might buy them the time they need to figure out how to save themselves, or for someone else to come save them. But I don't think this alone is going to do it.
1: Oh, uh, it looks like that was their former. Sorry, I'll take what... that back. I have actually no idea who the uh current is now and then.
0: Now, listen to me, universe, God whatever, make me right about this prediction, and wrong about the prediction from earlier when I was talking about the election. Okay? Thank you.
1: No one's out there listening to me. We're all fucked. I'm sorry. I went over to GameStop.com uh, about GameStop, and there's one guy that looks like he's outgrown his hair, and he's and he's just grown past it. Mm-hmm. And it just amuses me far too much.
0: Nice. And it makes it look like he has horns, actually. Ooh, nice. Actually, no, that could look awful. Um, alright. Well, fuck GameStop and all their parent companies. Uh, next on the docket, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix announces a live-action Assassin's Creed series.
1: Yeah, this, I am one, very uh, positive this one's on more for free- you, because I gotta admit, I, I don't really care that much about Assassin's Creed. The first one uh, I played, the original, was just a boring and from everything that I heard, it feels like the story is just this cobbled together mess of random ideas until they eventually just dropped it in the last couple uh, games of the series. Uh This big overarching assassin uh, story that they tried to tell, mm-hmm. and then they tried to retell it, Then they were just, yeah, screw it. So uh, there is enough story out there that I think it could be a very interesting thing, but at the same time, it's... Yeah, what are they going to try to do with this because there's just so much conflict and just so many dead plot uh, threads that are they just going to go back to basics or what?
0: Are you talking about for the show?
1: Uh yeah, for the show. Are they Okay,
0: it's just you, you could be talking about the games or the show. True. With that one. Um
1: true. I, and also are they going to try to throw in the idea of this going back into you what, what what did they call it uh, a genetic memory and reliving past events
0: yeah in the animus yeah i i always i liked that i always liked that sort of story hook i i <laughs> both like and dislike how the more recent assassin's creed games have started to get more and more away from that i i think it's a good thing for the series overall if you know if they actually made good games instead of like bullshit microtransaction uh vehicles.
1: Can't okay, hear you making microtransaction vehicles. Here have some loot right. boxes.
0: Right. Right. But I think that's a good direction for the series because it served its purpose for the first what do you what do you call a series with like five things in it? Because there's a Assassin's Creed one, two, three, but there are three games that follow Ezio because of how popular he was. So that's five in total. Who's uh, we'll, that?
1: Well we'll just go with the hitchhiker's god and just say trilogy. No,
0: sure. So you know the original Assassin's Creed trilogy, like I feel like the animus served that very well, and the story that they told with it. And every time they've tried to go back to it since, it feels a little weird, um, and sort of forced. So I like that the like I like that aspect of the newer games that they're getting away from it. But also there's something that's kind of missing about how that you interact with this world and all of like the weird stuff about the Knights Templar and magic and aliens and. But it, it, but I mean you know I'm a sci-fi fantasy like. Crazy person, so I, I was always into that. Um, from the perspective of the show, I I think that this could be. So the Assassin's Creed movie was garbage. That was terrible.
1: I would maybe not that's recommend also it. why I'm uh, a little bit, you know, hesitant about it because I never heard a good thing about that movie.
0: I would not recommend anybody watch that unless you want to get really high and have a laugh because it's a really bad, stupid movie. But Netflix makes really good original content that has name power you know like name brand to it and in the they've proven themselves to be able to make a video game video game related content now because with the witcher series that they made there is an argument to be made that the witcher a lot of what they based off of was more the books but i think especially in america more people come to the witcher thinking of it as a video game series as opposed to a book series and that's the way that I approach it is is as a video game series, and certainly the visuals borrow extremely heavily from the games. Um, and Netflix did an amazing job with the Witcher series. I love that. That's one of the one of my favorite series that I've ever seen um, Netflix produce. Like you know their original quote unquote original content. I've watched. I mean, I've watched a lot of Netflix stuff. So you know, in my sort of recommend list like it's very high up there on like the the Netflix made content and as far as like video game based and related content goes the Witcher series is also extremely high up on on the series or on the recommendation list and so I think that if they're given the leeway to make it good instead of being forced into some bullshit by studio contracts or whatever which I think Netflix has the clout to say like no we're gonna do this our way if yeah, they really but they
1: to... Yeah, but they've also made some really shitty animated uh, adaptations uh, in real in live action. I mean, the uh shoot, now I'm, uh, I think it was the Bleach one. Uh, it was just hilariously bad.
0: I mean, that's, you know, fair, but I think that Netflix says uh, has no, no, themselves uh, to be able no, to make it was this full kind of metal
1: content. sorry. Uh,
0: but I mean, they they've done a good enough job with their own, you know, uh, the, their Netflix productions, regardless of whether they're completely original or based on something, like overall, I think their track record is more positive than negative. And with their, you know, their recent experience with the Witcher series, I'm excited for this. I think that this is has got a chance to be good. So, I mean, you know, it could be shit, and that's fine. Like, you know, they would that would still be make them pretty even on video game based properties, um, with the Witcher being a success, and if this is a failure, but. I overall I think Netflix's record is is more positive than negative. So I'm I'm looking forward to it whenever you know we get more information. It'll be probably a year or two before it's released depending on what stage it is in production because it was like a it's it's like a 10 second teaser trailer that's like a combination of the the uh Assassin's Creed logo then turning into the Netflix logo and that's like all we get from it as like a tease. So you know, at, at best a year out, mm-hmm. possibly two, because I think the Witcher series was two years out, when and they did a similar sort of tease and release on the Witcher series, and it, I think it was two years before it released. So, you know, we're looking at late 2021 to probably mid-2022.
1: Oh, you're assuming we're out. actually going to get that, that far.
0: That's true, if we don't all die between the COVIDs and just the general apocalypse, like mm-hmm. if we make it
1: but yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through Netflix right now to see what there is And uh, surprise to surprise uh, Netflix is offering me a lot of uh, cooking shows
0: Makes sense, for you
1: uh, But then they suggest uh, The Great American Bible Challenge
0: mm, Not not quite on point
1: uh, Yeah, but the hilarious thing is It's actually hosted by Jeff Foxworthy So, hey, we found out uh, He's not smarter than a 5th grader And now he's taking on the Bible no, I'm not joking.
0: What? You mean the smarter than a fifth grader show that he did?
1: Yeah, no, this no, that's this is his new show or new show, I guess. I'm not sure if this is still being produced. It's just wow, right?
0: And it's on Netflix. Yeah, I met Jeff Foxworthy once. I, he was at a a conference that I went to when I was in college. He was one of their um, keynote speakers, and I, I met him and I talked to him for a couple of minutes. I mean, he was you know nice enough in person in that interaction, but you know. Mm-hmm. No idea how he actually is like in real life because he was, you know, at a convention yeah. and he was talking to people and sort of in in the mood. But he he was polite to me then, and I always thought Jeff Foxworthy was funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's also very one note.
0: Yeah, a lot of comedians are though. They've got their shtick, and if yeah. you like their shtick, they're they're great for you. And if you don't, then they're not.
1: I guess his uh, stick is uh, a little wears a little thin a, a lot quicker with me.
0: Yeah uh do, do, do where what is it <laughs> but bun no what did you say it was called
1: uh hang on let me bring it up again because uh uh the american Bobble challenge i was just seeing if there was anything else that popped up uh that was similar to this that was offering me since you know you were talking about what you were being offered
0: oh august 23rd 2012 is when it Aired. It ran for three seasons. Well, they have two on here. So it went to 2014. Huh. I mean, you know, good, good for Jeff Foxworthy, I guess. Anyways, how did we what? How did we wind up here?
1: Uh, that's my <laughs> fault.
0: Assassin's Creed, Netflix, Jeff Foxworthy. I mean, you know, there's there's some kind of sense to that. All right, let's let's move on to our final news topic of the night. Um, deleting Facebook also deletes your Oculus purchases. And this is part of an ongoing issue. Have we brought this up before? I know that you and I have talked about it. Jim put some stuff in Discord and sent some stuff to me a few weeks ago. Um,
1: Basically, uh, Facebook is taking Oculus and making it shit. Yep. Uh, By coupling uh, real Facebook accounts with your the ability to use the oculus hardware in general uh to the point that even old oculus stuff will require a facebook login and if you don't uh create one and uh link to your oculus account or however it's set up i think your oculus uh logins uh has to have a facebook uh uh, uh account linked to with it in order to uh even use it uh uh, passed uh, into 2021. And if you don't, uh, they don't guarantee that everything will work. Which is shit to begin with. And now uh, they discontinued everything except the Oculus Quest 2, which is released... I, th- I think it's released now, right? I know I've seen some uh, people playing with it, but that doesn't mean much.
0: Yeah, I've seen it on some people that I'm sub to on YouTube talk about it, but I don't uh, know
1: it's... It released October 13th.
0: Okay, so it's been out two, two-ish weeks. Actually, yeah. exactly two weeks. From yeah, to- and
1: you have to have a Facebook account in order to uh, be able to use it. So you're you know, generating that sweet, sweet uh, data form. and Oh, and the, there has been a jailbreak of the Oculus Quest 2. I'm not sure how uh, well it works right now. But trying to uncouple all the DRM from it so that it could be a, just a standard VR headset. Which, uh, good luck with them, right? <laughs> Yeah, but this is kind of the latest thing, and there's I've seen some people defending this saying, "Well, of course, because if you delete your Google account, uh, it will uh, yeah, you'll lose all your purchases there." But you know, this isn't like you know, you bought a phone, and then later on Samsung said, "Oh, well, it, we're going to partner with Google now, and we're uh, selling uh our uh, hardware uh, capabilities to Google." And now you must use Google stuff. You're buying into the uh, into it already. So it's not exactly a one-to-one thing here. It's not exactly apples and apples. And it's just... There's just so much going against Oculus these days with uh, how Facebook has been handling them. But I, I, I'm starting to think that they're going to turn off a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I had thought about buying um... The Oculus Quest. I thought about buying an older, some of the older Oculus headsets as well. Actually, that's something that I haven't l- looked up clear, clarification on. How much is this affecting older Oculus? Is it all always tied into an account
1: uh, for all from, Oculus? From what stuff? I understand, is that uh, the older Oculus hardware, uh, Oculus hardware, uh, passed a certain date in uh, next year. Uh, if you do not have a Facebook login tied to it. Uh you're going to have diminished usability on some games and they do not guarantee that everything will work because of it. Okay. So, uh, think of it as basically I guess a good way to uh, put it would be like if you were buying games through like GOG and then uh they got bought out by Steam and and uh, transferred everything to Steam but you still wanted to use GOG. Uh they might say, "Well, uh, everything's uh, not going to be guaranteed to work. You know, we might s- have some games switch to Steam's uh, matchmaking uh, uh, stuff. Or, you know, uh, it might require a Steam login in order to log into the multiplayer with this, or whatever. That sort of thing. Trying to come up with a better analogy, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's shitty. And there's also been reports of people making dummy Facebook accounts. Uh, just to try to get a login because they don't want to deal with Facebook having their actual login for their personal data uh, tied to a game uh, system and them uh, automatically getting banned because they're, uh, uh, there's another person with that name, there's not enough information, there's not enough this, there's not enough that, it's just, ugh. It, yep. it just seems like a minefield that I just do not want to step into these days.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely will be staying clear of Oculus for my future VR purchases. I mean, I, I've looked at quite a few headsets from budget to, or, you know, fairly budget-friendly ones all the way up to, like, super high-end stuff. And then Oculus had been on the list of consideration, but it's definitely being thrown off of that list now.
1: Yeah, I the mean, thing it's is, sure... there's also uh, not much interplay between the different uh, spheres to begin with. So, stuff that use uh, that works on, uh, like, the HTC Quest, or, or the sorry, HTC Vive's. Uh, doesn't necessarily work with Oculus hardware, and then there's yeah. the Sony stuff that might work on uh, PC or might not. It's just
0: it, Microsoft it, it, has it, a headset that I'm have looked at pretty pretty extensively mm-hmm.
1: as and a budget friendly the, and option. And then there's the Index, which is not a budget thing. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, it just feels like what progress they made to be more consumer friendly, it's just gone because. As much as I dislike having a closed uh, ecosystem for the VR uh, headset uh, with Oculus uh, going solely on the Oculus Quest, I think they should still had the option for the regular Oculus you know, to be able to use your computer. Even though I do realize that all the wiring was a significant problem. And there could have been some way that they could have handled that outside of just, you know, making a self enclosed headset that had everything in it. Mm-hmm. Some sort of wireless HDMI or something. I don't know. Uh, but the fact that they've gone this far and just uh, went with just a single closed, uh, uh wall, wall, a single walled garden, uh, put me off to begin with because, yeah, I have quite a few games that are, are at least VR friendly, if not uh vr only just through different bundles and things and i would like to be able to play them but you know not with the oculus
0: yeah and my biggest concern with the oculus isn't even so much the data like that's egregious but it's you know it, it's nearly 2021 they have so much data on <laughs> us that it's what's the fucking point in trying to fight that and if there's I get it. There's arguments to be made on either side. I'm not, like, trying to be completely dismissive of that. But kind of my perspective is, like, fuck it. They've already got all of my data, so it's not even that. I just don't want to deal with, like, bullshit compatibility issues or have to deal with, like, oh, your Oculus is out of date for the new version. And I just don't want to have functionality be diminished because of some bullshit arbitrary stuff that they're doing. And, yes, I suppose that could always happen. Not going to say that I, like, believe that it couldn't. But that's like signposting like we are going to fuck you over royally from now until we're done with this oh i'm just
1: thinking of all the ads you're gonna have to deal with yeah uh well facebook is also torn around with the idea of uh uh game streaming but not uh like we've been seeing before this was something that popped up on the news feed but i didn't put it on because i didn't think it was a big enough thing but actually it suddenly makes a lot more sense they're toying around with essentially bubble game esque uh size stuff. Uh being able to stream that. And if you could go uh into the quest and be able to do that, that something makes a lot more sense, huh? Yeah. Um uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck
0: fuck Facebook. Add that to the list of <laughs> things that I'm saying to fuck tonight. But not in a good way. We're not we're not fucking them gently. It's like hate fucking.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so we're like you, how you want to fuck HMOs. <laughs> fuck
0: HMOs. Showed up oh. in our in Discord this week again. That uh, that was our Franken episode that came out. <laughs> the one where I say I, I fucking hate HMOs or HOAs. Sorry, A- HOAs, yeah. HOAs. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, sorry, I'm still flicking through things on here. And HOAs. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's okay. But yeah, fuck HOAs, fuckers. I not
1: didn't see, I didn't see that on Discord house. actually. What was going on there?
0: Um, do do do. It was in, I'm pretty sure it was just in the general chat. Cube posted (laughs) Phil's podcast. Yeah. Like an actual smart person podcast that talks about space stuff. No rants about HOAs. Mm -hmm. I said, if Phil is pro HOA, I might have to stop being (laughs) friends with him. And then he posted HOA with uh, the the react emojis.
1: Oh, here, I'll make it uh, uh, better. (laughs) Now I
0: have mixed feelings. There's a cock there.
1: No, brown chicken, brown cow.
0: Wow, nice.
1: <laughs> oh, well done. Taking that one back, huh?
0: Yep. Going all the way back. Although that does make me think, like, I haven't watched Red vs. Blue in forever. That company's falling apart, or has fallen apart. Like yeah, uh, Financially, so- I think they're doing fine, but they've had a lot of scandals this mm-hmm. year, and or in the last couple of years, and a uh, couple of the founders are, have left, and lawsuits yeah i lost track Mika of Barton. all of that
1: and it's uh, not something that we could have really gotten into yeah so i just kind of left that one uh, alone because it was a lot that i did not understand a lot that was oh boy that this this is something that we really cannot talk about uh, and ha- have a coherent conversation because i think it would anger us both uh, assuming yeah. all the accusations were true of course
0: yeah but, anyways, yeah, that was that's a thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that does it for our news topics this week. I forgot to put Discovery queue on the list. Do you want to do a Discovery queue? Yeah, we could
1: do a Discovery Cube, but first of all, we did not have anything on. Actually, I I didn't double check Twitter. We'll double check Twitter real quick, but I'm pretty sure we didn't have anything there. Du-du-du. I mean, it doesn't hurt to double check it, right? Nope nothing I'm seeing on uh the Twitter, so if you wish to contribute to the podcast, you can do VGL podcast at gmail dot com or tweet it to us VGLPodcast, or drop in by our discord and you can find out uh, the link to that vcast dot podbean dot com so discovery queue.
0: Indeed. Doobly-doo over for Discovery Q. Yeah,
1: and I don't know how, but I turned on some sort of editing thing on uh, the thing, and it's having me confirm all my edits now. I'm not sure what I clicked, but...
0: Where's sound coming from?
1: I think that's me adding Discovery Q stuff.
0: Oh, no, I, okay, I got it. If there was first...
1: I hit something on the, on the show notes, and I have no idea what. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, hang on. So- I, I, I copied and pasted. Or, sorry, I have reset, reloaded, and it looks like it may have stopped. So, uh, my first one is In Silence, uh, a multiplayer horror game uh, that's... Uh, 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 It it reminds me a bit of the uh, versus mode from Left 4 Dead. Uh, It's up to seven players where one person is a monster and the other two uh, two to six play as survivors trying to escape uh, or hunt the monster. So it's interesting looking. It's not something I would want to play, but uh, Oh, asymmetrical Uh, gameplay is always very interesting so and some of the screenshots are rather gruesome looking looks like it's the first game at least on Steam Uh, to some actual fairly decent reviews but it does look like uh, some players with uh, some travel with the player base Uh, 1400 playing right now today's peak was just shot at 1700 according to steam charts with an all-time peak of 2300 so if you have a, a set play group then it's probably a really good game to get into but if you don't then you might have a little bit of issue
0: yeah this is interesting so are you are you yeah so my first game is Celasta Selas- or Solasta, Crown of the Magister. And this is a as close, I think, as, as we might ever get of a direct a- adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons to gaming. Um, it says a little bit farther down on the page that they actually licensed, like officially licensed the uh, 5.1 rule set, um, which is uh, sort of the the most recent version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. So they licensed the 5.1 rule set and have tried to faithfully recreate that in-gaming form. So it looks like, I mean, you play it like a turn-based RPG, but (laughs) using legit Dungeons & Dragons rules and dice rolls and stuff, I mean, this could could go one of two ways. Because one of the things about tabletop games is the reason that they work so well is because you're sitting around with a group of people and you're all telling a story together. And yes, different groups can function in different ways, for better or for worse. And then someone could call something. And then what? And then somebody could uh, call something. Absolutely. Uh,
1: uh, Build a flamethrower out of the bar.
0: I mean, yeah, that happens on a regular basis in in games. Um... But, you know, like, that's that's a huge part of the charm, and then the dice rolling is sort of there as a way to advance things forward, and then you could get to react to them as a player. And I don't know if converting the straight-up dice system to a PC game would work. I mean, maybe it will. I want to play it. I want to try it. I'm going to try and get a review copy of this from somewhere before I spend $35 on it. But... Yeah,
1: that's a bit steep, especially for an early access title. That That's tough to buy into, I mean and this is the slightly cheaper price. It's probably going to be a $40 game.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, you know, licensing the actual D&D rule set like like
1: I, I wonder how much money that costs
0: them. At least five bucks. <laughs> At least $5. Is it multiplayer? Is it just single player? Uh. Do, 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 do. Just single player. Yeah. that could that could be okay. I don't know. I want to try it. Anyways, yeah, I'm done. Carry on.
1: Okay, well, I got Hammer Tank. Manage a Dwarven mining colony in an unexplored mountain of Mara As war rages in the Overland. you need to craft, explore, and fight to provide for your allies with the finest weapons and gear. So, essentially a 2D well, I don't want to say Dwarf Fortress because it doesn't look that deep. But it looks interesting. It's a Base management game with an overworld where you have to deal with trading and it's like war on the surface as well. It looks very interesting. It has some very mixed reviews and it is early access. uh And it looks like the main thing is that the, uh, there are some issues with actually controlling things, which uh, and a lot of micromanagement. So if they have some sort of automation systems go into play. Perhaps i would work a little bit better. I mean, I've absolutely loved Dwarf Fortress, so having something like that could work. But Dwarf Fortress, it's more about setting up systems to work within the game. In this, it feels like they're going down the micromanagement route, which is... A bit troublesome, but we'll have to uh, see where this goes. I mean, it's early access; and they are expecting it to go for duh, duh, duh. Uh, okay. So they are going to do some sort of automation uh, with expanded cave life and exploration, a fluid system, ooh, right? Beauty yeah, and decor. It's
0: got, a, it's got a demo.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely worth checking out, huh? Uh, especially with some of the stuff going on in it. A bit expensive for Early Access. I mean, I really feel like go- once you get past 20, the game has to be pretty finished to be able to really justify it. This is uh, published by Team17, and they do have a bit of a spotty record. They have some really good games, but also some really... Eh. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, comes out. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I got um, a game called Beyond the Wire uh, for... World War One first-person shooter. Unfortunately, it is multiplayer only. Um, they're going for a very large, large battles, 50 versus 50. So they're very ambitious with this. Uh, I think that with Battlefield 1, a lot of that sort of brought World War One, you know, back up towards the front uh, of people's minds in terms of, like, shooters and what you can do. And, I mean, I would be very happy to see some more World War One shooters. Um, I-, I hope that this one is, quote-unquote, a little more realistic within Battlefield 1 because I thought it was stupid having, like, the the dude wearing, like, the knight suit of armor walking around with, like, the machine gun and just, like, a lot of Battlefield 1 was ridiculous and it felt like a World War II shooter with a World War I skin on it. Um, and if they focused on actual World War One stuff you know made it an actual more authentic experience or you know change the gameplay up then I think that that would be great but if this is just trying to be you know a, a big Call of Duty or a, another Battlefield game like yeah but it's you know interesting I wish it was single player or cheaper mm-hmm. it's 35 bucks and I, I would and that's on sale no that's for the soundtrack never mind yeah so it's, it's 35 bucks I mean, I would happily give, you know, five or ten bucks to give this game a go, but I'm not paying that much for it.
1: Uh, Well, to enter into the what year is it category, I got RuneScape. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, RuneScape released on Steam last, the week before last. And for those who don't know, RuneScape, well, originally was a flash-based open world I think it was flash flash-based uh, open world uh MMORPG that was essentially grinding the game and they've slowly progressed it to where it's more quest-like but also a lot more grindier and a lot more full of microtransactions and subscriptions and I mean they have a hundred and thirty dollar DLC for the for this game that gives you a year of the subscription, plus some other stuff. That should tell you about all you need to know, huh? Yeah. And it has 50 bank spaces and two cosmetic tokens. Ooh, right? <laughs> wow. I mean, that should really tell you just where this has gone, huh? Uh, in all that time.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I played a fair amount of RuneScape back in the day. I never was that crazy, but damn. Just seeing this, it, they revamped the graphics, I think, like, three or four times since I played. So, yeah, it looks very different from what I used to play. Not sure if that's a good thing or not, though. But, yeah, there you go, right? RuneScape.
0: Yep. Like, here is it. <laughs> um, so, I got Fishing! North Atlantic. This is a, you know, a, a simulation fishing game. Uh, where you're a you're a commercial fishing boat captain and you can uh get upgradable boats. You're in the world, the the wonderful paradise that is Canada. Um wandering around fishing. The, all they're showing is crab on the screenshots. I would assume that you could also
1: oh, don't worry, go there's a shame regular for that.
0: fishing. I ooh but, I mean, I, I like games like this. I like now, now, the, the question release... is,
1: whenever you fire it up, does Bon Jovi start playing?
0: It better. <laughs> it's not in the the trailer, but, yeah, it better. Um, I, I like games like this. I like the really bad, deadliest catch game that came out in, like, the late uh, aughts, um, where that you were doing basically this. Just, it was fun.
1: Um, yeah but honestly a lot of the fun about the show the Daedalus catch was about the people and from what i understand that game had nothing to do with that.
0: Yeah. I mean this sh- no it did not. It was fishing. Straight up well not fishing, it crab is it called crab fishing? Yeah. I, I don't think know. So. You, you it, was, it was crab fishing and you were you picked um like one of the captains from the show and you got their boat but you could upgrade it and go around and catch crabs and sell them and upgrade your boat and deal with weather like it was it was kind of janky but it was really good like for for someone like me who likes that kind of thing it's very relaxing one of my earliest podcasting games actually back when i first started listening to podcasts really because this was like 2008 2009 something like that what was the disc service where you could rent games and they'd come to you in the mail uh game Gamefly, yes, I played this game for the, like, when I had Gamefly many eons ago. Is Gamefly still around? Probably.
1: Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, Gamefly's still around. Yeah.
0: Good for them.
1: I mean, there's still optical media on the consoles for now, so. Yeah. But let's put it this way. Uh, they have an option for Xbox 360.
0: PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PS3, Xbox 360, 3DS, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD, do they do movies? And more. Oh, Wii, Nintendo DS, PS2, Xbox, PSP movies, PSP games, GameCube, and Game Boy Advance. So there there you go, I guess. Woo. Um. Anyways, yeah. Fishing, North Atlantic, <laughs> $35 worth every penny. I'm calling it now.
1: Oh, well, I got one that's more for you, but what the hell. Monster Prom 2 Monster Camp.
0: Yeah, Monster Prom. <laughs> I actually never got around to playing
1: Monster Prom one.
0: Monster Prom is a lot of fun. Uh, but I, this I is get... essentially
1: Monster Prom, only they're at summer camp now.
0: Yeah, Jesse Cox and I are on the same same level with, with humor. So, Wait, does that make me TB? I think it has always made you TB, yes.
1: And that makes me... me a little sad now. I miss TB. Me too.
0: Anyways. <laughs>
1: I love uh. That. I mean, uh, I mean, it's pretty much more Monster Prom. Uh, you don't know what it is. It's a multiplayer uh, dating sim. Or I think you can play it single player as well. Yeah, Monster Prom is single player. Uh, well, this is multiplayer.
0: Oh, interesting. Cool. The first Monster Prom is single player.
1: Well, this has a multiplayer element on it as well. I'm not sure if it's single player as well or what. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh... Yeah, it looks like there is a single-player option, but you can play multiplayer if you wish. So that is interesting, to say the least, huh? Not many yeah. multiplayer uh, game uh, dating sims, huh? No.
0: Not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there. Mm-hmm. But not that I know of. Anyway, All you right. got something? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it in now. Second Extinction. This game is right up my alley. It's a co-op first-person shooter... Um, game where you're killing fucking dinosaurs. Oh, mutant this, this, dinosaurs! This is definitely gonna be high quality. I don't care. There was what was that game that I was into a couple years ago that was like a really shitty, bad version of this. But it's like co-op killing dinosaurs with tanks. Man, I'm in.
1: Yeah, that you forced <laughs> me to play at one point. And I, hated I did. Every I, for-
0: I forced. I forced everyone to play it. Everyone hated it, but me and I loved every moment of it. It's. It was so janky. But And it, it just, like, weird, killing fucking dinosaurs was a good time. And then they made a sequel that was somehow was worse, and I didn't like it as much. This isn't the same people, though, I don't think. Um, maybe it is. Uh, Who's the developer? Systemic Reaction. They made Generation Zero, uh, which is uh, another one of these types of games. Um... Which I haven't played, but it's like an alien invasion thing, I think, and you're fighting like robots, PVE, co-op shooter, open world thing, but second extinction, same thing, but with mutant dinosaurs,
1: Whoa.
0: sci-fi guns, I'm in, on my
1: wish list. I'm going to say it's pop. like Dino D-Day or something.
0: No, it wasn't, I, I know Dino D-Day. D- Dino D-Day, I know that one and it wasn't Dino D-Day, although I think I have that one also. I could I would have to spend some time to try to track this game down I don't think it's on Steam anymore I think it got pulled for reasons that are probably really obvious in hindsight
1: probably uh, stolen assets or something right because yeah, uh, the, if I remember correctly the dinosaur models were obviously pulled from somewhere else or or pre-used assets because they were a lot higher quality than literally everything else in that game
0: yeah but they were still bad
1: which was. Amazing. So let's see. I, I got a 3D platformer uh, that's very spooky for this time of year. Pumpkin Jack. This has a very mid, uh, a medieval uh, that I think it's PlayStation One in with a sequel on PlayStation Two uh, feel to it, where you're going around as. Uh, I would almost say like the Headless Horseman, but I know it's not that. But you're a guy with a pumpkin for a head running around kicking ass. See, solve puzzles that focus on physics, gravity, and reflections jack or ditch the skin suit and just use your flaming head to burn books, uh, hammer some uh, moles, or create paths uh, for magical spheres. So uh, puzzle platformer, that sounds interesting. And looks like it's some... Uh, got some pretty decent reviews as well. Nice. Holy shit! What?
0: So, I mean, first of all, I got uh, a couple that you had. I got Hammer Ting, and then I got In Silence. So, went past those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dragon Age Inquisition is on sale right now on on Steam. That's what I'm putting in. Dragon Age Inquisition on sale for ten bucks. I might buy that. I've been wanting to play Dragon Age Inquisition again, and I have it on Xbox. Uh, and, you know, not the best way to play it, but kick back on the couch and play it. My Xbox died. So, I'm gonna try and fix it, or figure out what's wrong with it. I'm probably not gonna buy a new Xbox, because now my kid is fully a PC gamer. So, fuck consoles. But, I do really wanna play Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, it's the most recent Dragon Age game. It's pretty good. Um, it's in that weird time frame where that, um, Bioware... Uh, and really, I mean, really, just any game that was released by EA hadn't gone full god-awful yet. Like, god-awful, over-the-top, like, bullshit microtrans. I mean, they're in there. Microtransactions are in there. Um, but they're limited to the weird multiplayer mode um, that was, like, shoehorned in because the one that was in Mass Effect 3 was really popular and it's, like, that type of multiplayer mode. All the ma- microtransactions are, are crammed in there. And it's still got a decent amount of actual, like, RPG elements to it. Um, It does have, like, the big open world. Um, It it does feel a lot like an MMO at times with your questing. Because, like, go collect ten bear asses and... Find all of all 10 of the trees that need to be marked for cutting down or whatever. Like, there's a lot of that in it. And if you don't like that type of gameplay, you would hate Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, and that's and, why
1: I steered clear of it, because it looked like an MMO without the fun parts of an MMO.
0: Right. But I like all of that stuff because I'm a crazy person so I really like Dragon Age Inquisition and you can you can literally bang a giant red like horned monster I mean he looks like a horny devil because he kind of is and it's hilarious if you have gay sex with him like the gay sex part is great that's not the hilarious part like the scene that's like after the gay sex that's the hilarious part
1: wait does that make you Saddam Hussein yes <laughs> and you- it does or, you, or am I the only one that remembers? Uh, no, that I South remember Park? from South Park. Yep. So, so, and Satan so speaking are of, so speaking of hell, uh, Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part One. So this is the standalone uh, DLC for Doom Eternal. So if you don't want to, you know, get Doom Eternal, or if you've already beaten it, you want more Doom Eternal. Well, here you go. Right. Yep. I mean, I have no idea what's going on with the story of this. And it does sound like they have some sort of story for Doom Doomguy now. Which, gotta admit, that feels a little weird. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because the first, uh... Well, the first one of the reboot Dooms... Uh, they kind of subverted all those ideas of having a story by... Just having Doom Guy punch the TV that's given exposition. Or just, you know, kind of walk through the... Uh, Cut or what normally would be a cutscene walk and talk situation and just say fuck it but this one it sounds like they're going more on having an actual story with some sort of context going on maybe it just sounds weird but still awesome don't get me wrong but i gotta say that the pictures on this i'm not sure if that screenshots are just amazing uh, graphically but, you know, it's hard to tell if those are just bullshots, if that's cutscene, if that's actual gameplay or what, but, right?
0: Yeah. So, I my next few games that I went through were ones that you uh, had already gotten and talked about. I got P- Monster Prom 2, Pumpkin Jack, um, and then my last game on my list. <laughs> I can't put, because it's got S- Stalin Dick in it, um... Well, that- this game is called is called Sex with Stalin.
1: Oh, that's a new one.
0: And, I, like, I have to mention it. Like, how can I not? Um, it, it, the premise of the game is you're a time traveler, and you go back in time and meet Joseph Stalin and can have sex with him. Among other things, apparently, there's, uh, I mean, Stalin Dick right there on the picture. He's got a huge cock. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't well, know how well, Stalin's cock was. Well, but... well,
1: he needs one for the people.
0: That's very true. Um, and there's shower scenes where you're washing him, and he looks like he's taking a shit in his chair. I think that's bad animation. I don't think he's actually taking a shit. And then there's, like, some naked, emaciated people. It's very strange. It just, But, like, I'm like, sex with Stalin. What is this? Oh, yep, there's, there's Stalin's dick right there in my face. Not that you'd mind, of course. No. But yeah, that's my cue. So obviously there won't be a link to that. So I
1: got at least one more. Uh, I got Surviving the Aftermath. Survive and Thrive in a a Post-Apocalyptic Future, also known as the Present. So this is a base builder about the post-apocalypse. It does look like it has some pretty gnarly reviews... Uh, but it's also early access, so it's might just be possibly because the game is buggy right now. And it does seem like the game is very, very, very difficult. So they probably need to do some sort of uh, balancing later on. It looks very interesting. A, a lot of these uh, base builders are tend to fall into the fantasy realm or into mm-hmm. essentially... A colonial or medieval times, yeah, you know, of which I realize it's essentially fantasy realm without the dwarves, right, or without right. magic. But I've seen a couple of post-apocalyptic ones, but not many. So this doesn't feel like it's overdone theme, and the fact that it looks like they're also focusing on some sort of resource gathering on an overworld map uh sounds really interesting and if they could have some sort of trading as well and, you know it, it, it has a lot of room for possibilities we'll have to see how this goes in and uh, it's early access and they say that they are originally going to uh serve for a year in releasing in October 2020 but uh uh with uh, the covids are pushing it back to early 2021 so uh, that's good that they're taking their time with it. It looks like it does have a decent player base. Uh, I mean, this looks really interesting, actually. Even though It sounds it, interesting. Even though it is and very yes, mixed right now. Yes, it also looks interesting
0: from looking at it.
1: So, let's see. My last one. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Oh, what the hell. I'll throw this in as well. Copy and paste. wrc 8 fia <laughs> Uh, World Rally Championship. So a rally cross game or a rally game I guess I should say. Um uh, no, I mean it's the eighth one in the series now, right? Yep, they're definitely doing something, right? Or something or, or just have an uh, exclusive license, right? Because that is a possibility as well. Uh looks like it is a lot more on the arcade side of things based on some of the uh reviews they're talking. A lot of people saying that it's crap compared to uh, Dart Rally, but that's not really saying much because Dart Rally is, uh, leading very heavy on the simulation side of the uh, SimCade uh, side of things. So I mean, it doesn't look bad. It definitely has some mixed reviews, but overall, it's mostly positive. Yeah. So yeah. right
0: now, by the time this goes live this will be irrelevant but right now for the next 12 hours you can get it for 16 dollars 60 percent off
1: yeah i'm not sure if they have another one coming out i mean this re- released a couple months ago so i doubt another one's coming out at the moment but it's probably just on sale and it's, now it's popping up right yeah and they have quite a few of these uh, most of them are in the mixed reviews but it looks like some of the latest ones are mostly positive in the 70 75 range uh positive so i would say it's more fan to this type of racing if you're a fan of rally racing well there you go right
0: indeed
1: and does look like it goes on pretty deep discount pretty often The historic low uh was actually down to 15 bucks so and the current best is this so yeah it looks like it goes pretty deep discount pretty often so uh, if you miss this, which, if you're interested in this game, uh, obviously you're going to miss it because uh, keep an eye out for it because it will go and sell again. And that is my cue. doobly do, right?
0: Indeed. Um, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with the socials? Well, oh,
1: I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me tweeting every so often over at GameWithCR, or you can be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been
0: gaming psychologist, you can find me on the YouTubes by searching for that. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707 or you can meet my friend on Steam by sending your friend request to jarthur 4707 And if
1: you will still know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is... Fuck it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's fair.
1: Fuck it. Yeah, because you're fucking everything this week. Including Stalin, it seems.
0: Yep. Going for that big Stalin... Oh my god! <laughs> I have to share this with someone else. I'm sorry, oh. carry on. There's oh. someone I have to share the Stalin game with. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Do I want to know?
0: Um, It's the person who went to the Mountain Witch and got a raccoon head in a jar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, we need to find what episode that is so we can link that because, wow, right? Yeah, that, that would
0: take effort, though. <laughs> and you know me, I don't put in effort.
1: Yeah. All right. I mean, if you really wanted to put effort in, we would put uh, a raccoon head in a jar a emoticon on the Discord. Yeah. Maybe we could have an artist somewhere, right?
0: Well, I know an artist, although I don't know if she'd want to do a raccoon head in a jar. Yeah, have it pickled a
1: little bit, maybe a little bit rotten, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can see
1: a little bit of skull. But then, of course, then we would have to have, you know, all the clown dads as well as emoticons. You know, all of them, right? Different uh, emoticons. You're gonna cost me so much fucking money.
0: I just I just paid this person hundred and fifty dollars to do a bunch of character art for me for Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that sounds like RPG a really stuff. good idea, doesn't it? Yeah, I want I want my ten my ten gay cloud ads. <laughs> I want that. I'm gonna talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow when we're all or, or just around. a
1: portrait of it, right?
0: Yeah. Tomorrow while we're all sitting around waiting to start playing vampire or maybe after we're done while we're decompressing from the session. Be like so, Lexi how would you feel about doing a- another commission for me? Here's the pitch my ten gay clown
1: dads Now are we gonna have the moms?
0: Yes <laughs> We'll we'll do we'll, we'll, we'll get one of the ten gay clown dads, one of the mimes, one of them together, and then one of the squirrels <laughs> For anyone who has never heard an, ep- if this is your very first episode, we're sorry. I'm not fucking. Where were you when we for- when we first had the idea for my ten gay clown dads? I was, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about like what show would you pitch to Netflix if you could pitch a show? <laughs> I genuinely, legitimately pitched my ten gay clown dads to this person, <laughs> and they and they were like, you know. If anyone else had said this to me, I would think they were fucking crazy. But you could pull it off. You could convince them to to make my ten gay clown dads. I'm like, you're damn right, Josh. I definitely could. (laughs) So, yeah. Yep, I'm going to talk to her about it. I don't know if it will come to fruition. She might not want (laughs) to do it. Totally understand if she doesn't want to. But Or more like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, no, she plays a weekly tabletop RPG with me and has for months. She knows. I was, I posted some stuff in our discord that like the D and D discord the other day. And, and she was like, you know, I don't know if you're like, this is vaguely. I don't even remember what it was. She's like, this, this vaguely could be an innuendo. And because it's coming from you, I don't know if it is or isn't. <laughs> and I'm like, that's very fair. It's not, but I see where you're coming from. Also, you're welcome for being, for, for me being this way. So. Oh. Where were
1: we? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> I had
0: told people where they could find me, and you uh, said that this show's yeah, once a, the password once again. Sprocket.
1: Yeah, once again, you can reach us at BGO podcast at uh, gmail.com with your letters, complaints, uh Rants. Or a gaming-related topic, if you really wish. Or just tweet it to us, VGL Podcast at Gmail. Oh, sorry, at, on the Twitter. Uh, we're all discombobulated at this point, aren't we?
0: Indeed. Indeed.
1: Our lovely, lovely, lovely patrons are to blame for all this madness, though. You can find out more at patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. And our lovely patrons help us with our pod Podbean. VGL which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, if you wish to get more of this. <laughs> Or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, your podcatcher of choice if you wish to spread the love. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Key music is Doobly-Doo, both by Kevin McLeod. Both with uh uh can be found over at compedeck.com. And I imagine both would be revoked if he knew what we were doing with them. Probably.
0: <laughs> as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, buh-bye now. Uh,
1: see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.